0: Hey guys, I hope you guys are doing really, really well today. First off, I want to explain this new type of project. So basically, what you clicked on right now is um, my new podcast. Um, I was running a podcast called The TOD Project. Um, I still am running it, but I'm not posting that on my YouTube channel. Basically, this podcast is called Creative Process, Um, Creative Process is a podcast where I bring other designers on we talk about, no pun intended, their creative process, um, their whole kind of journey into becoming a designer, um, what they struggle with as a designer, where they've been as a designer, who they've worked with as a a designer, and plenty, plenty of more things. Today, we have on um, my good friend Holly Hogan. All the way over from England, um, she has worked with people like the Premier League, um, ESPN, um, big, big, big clients. Um, she is a motion designer. Um, I'm doing a little bit of an intro for her as well because, due to me streaming this on Twitch um, and playing some copyrighted music, you know, DMCA kind of you know took about the intro um, took about twenty percent of the podcast off. So I'm doing a little bit of a little bit of an intro to introduce her and give her some justice um, because she was an amazing guest I loved having her on but basically this is episode one of the creative process um, and I am thankful for you guys to watch this um, I really hope you guys get something useful out of this and um, and yeah so with further ado jump in episode one of creative process kind of put you guys right in the middle of the conversation so here we go all right have a good one painting or you like your drawing or something like that people don't really think about like digital art like like we compose and stuff like that so um it has the same aspects that's why i love it like you're able to escape just like what you said um especially if you're having a bad day you can just sit down completely immerse yourself in in your craft especially it, it helps if you love what you're doing as well so um so obviously let's get right into the content of this i want to talk to you about Working with those high-profile co- uh, clients, like obviously you stated, you're working with the Premier League right now. Um, you have worked with uh, ESPN UK, and you've also worked with UEFA. You didn't tell me that one. That's awesome. Um, but <laughs> in all actuality, like as creatives, working with clients is probably like our our main focus, especially for freelance. Right. We. It's it, we, we probably can both remember where we started working with clients and how bad we were at, at working with clients when it comes to, like, customer service and, and, and stuff like that and dealing with certain situations. So um, I want to ask you right off the bat, what is it truly like, like, working with such high-profile clients?
1: Well, as I'm not a freelancer, they actually employ me full-time, so I don't see them as a client. They're okay. just who I work for. But um, – yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on. So it's not just the, the design aspect you've got to look at. Because when you're in the office, you're dealing with assistant producers, you're dealing with directors, you're dealing with um, people that are on screen presenters. So it's a very fast-paced environment. But um, like you have people looking over your shoulder at your design work, so you've got to be able to take criticism as well as you know getting on with your job.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I feel like as as the designer, you're the brand guardian of who whatever big company that you're working for so you you kind of have to take people's criticism in a certain in a certain way you can't completely accept what they're saying because you're the designer at the end of the day Mm -hmm. and you've got to look after the the brands because these brands are massive and you you can't defer from
0: that in any sort of way Mm -hmm. so i guess to piggyback off of that I mean, since you're working with creative directors and art directors, I I presume, or whatever their title is, like the people in charge of the creative department. Um, yeah. You pretty much already answered. Like, there's really not a lot of like leeway. I mean, did you have some creative freedom or no?
1: Um, at the Premier League, I actually do have a lot of creative freedom because the the colour palette is really every single colour. Um, That's true. <laughs> and especially working from home, we don't send our work to to get looked at before we. Like I'm I'm quite trusted there mm. so I think as long as you're using the fonts and everything you can be as creative as you want with it especially as you see loads of work on social media now people are pushing the boundaries um, when it comes to design uh, people want want to see more don't they so I think creative freedom as, as I've got older like I'm 24 now it was a lot stricter when I was 18 as an apprentice um, learning the basics the fundamentals because I didn't go to I didn't study design at uni or art. So for me, I was learning motion design way before I was learning Photoshop. So I kind of got told on the job, like stick to these brand guidelines, stick to this way of movement. I wasn't taught that from an early age. So, yeah, it's um, it's something you get used to. And when you're good at it, you can then go and be more creative with it because um, you can always be creative but also stick to the brand guidelines as well Mm -hmm. once you've got that base sorted Mm
0: -hmm. yeah awesome i mean i i love like i have never really had super professional experience of working with like especially something of that someone or some brand of that high profile um so i guess in a way i would love to experience that like Obviously, working with the Premier League is insane, but I'm just trying to work for like a non-league club. <laughs> in all, in all, in all actuality. <laughs> um, so you, you, you kind of, you kind of answered like what, what kind of the workflow was like and everything, um, like that already. So I won't really answer that. Um, but you also said, were you strictly remote or on site? Did you go on site ever? Or?
1: Uh, so i joined the premier league in november and i went in for my first day to for the induction and things but since then i've been working from home but it's not been ideal i mean i've been on this 13 inch laptop um (laughs) with the lowest processor speed you can imagine so i I actually can't wait to get back into the office on monday working on an imac and you know being the being able to design things without my machine blowing up
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. you probably got like a big like 22 inch 23 inch 24 inch imac sitting there don't you is that what you guys yeah yeah Yeah. that's perfect that's the one thing i do like about about max though is that they don't really have a tower everything is in the back like in the back of like the the monitor so to say yeah it does it looks very aesthetically pleasing it's also like a lot of less space but the one thing i hate is like how many different cables you have to get to connect like hdmi cords or like usbs and stuff like that i just yeah exactly
1: and especially at premier league we have these these boxes called called synology i think they're called where we store everything because obviously the max can't handle that kind of that kind of capacity of work Mm -hmm. so we all have to there's so many cables to dial into that and yeah (laughs) we've we've got a good cable system there thank god like we're not tripping over them
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah it's all good there
0: um, so I guess getting away from like work life and everything like that, let's get kind of into your process and everything. So a lot of designers, they struggle with, you know, finding consistent way of going through from, um, like start to finish. So what does your, what does your whole process look like? I mean, you can talk about it in the work setting, or you can talk about it in freelance setting, or you can talk about it in both if you want to, because I know those may, those may change obviously, because if you're freelance, you're not really going through, um, a creative director or someone of that sort all the time so um, like you would be if you're like working with the Premier League and everything like that so I guess all in all the question would be what is your whole whole process or creative process no pun intended um, wh- what's that what's that whole what's that whole process like for you
1: I I don't tend to like starting from scratch like I'll I'll know a project's coming up the day before or a week before, and I'll look on Instagram for inspiration. Like my design Instagram, I follow a lot of creatives and creative studios. um, So I'll save a lot of stuff on them and look back through and try and gain some inspo. But I guess um, working for the Premier League, you already have a base of the brand guidelines and you've got the assets to use. If you're really stuck, you can always revert to really simple stuff. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But in terms of freelance, I was working for a company called Avery Dennison who um, create all the rubber badges for like most of the Premier League teams, the Bundesliga teams. They design the font for most sports teams around the world. So when I got a brief from them, they actually sent me a storyboard and I don't actually, I've never used the storyboard before, but it actually, <laughs> I really loved it. Like I always just wing it basically, but um, working on a storyboard, you really see the difference, especially in, in terms of time as well you can get it done well in a day um, because you're basically just looking at stills and then all you have to do is imagine how each still moves from each other still, like how it moves throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really handy. So that's a great process to use.
0: Um,
1: And in terms of, yeah, working back at Premier League again, I guess just the briefs you get are from assistant producers, they're not from designers. So I wouldn't take that as gospel. Um, I never take it for gospel. Actually, I always give them back like five times more than what they've asked for because they don't really have a designer brain where you've got to just put in what you know and yeah, it will see you through really. Mm-hmm. And I I don't tend to use Photoshop, so for me, I just start in After Effects and yeah, that's where I've learnt my trade really mm-hmm. in After Effects. So my process will I tend to start from from the from the front uh, from the back. Sorry, the end of the graphic. So, once that's built, you know that you've got time to then move things, so if you're really stuck for time, you can send them the end frame with all the information on at mm-hmm. the end of the day because a finished graphic is better than you know sending something that's half done um at least you've you've built the main thing that the audience are going to read, get the information from, and then you can work work out how it gets there in 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 the motion sense
0: mm-hmm. I think a the big thing that gets taken for granted is how much work goes into the back end of a project. Um, Yeah. It's, it's really, it's, it's most of the time overlooked, especially like working with people, like you said, that don't really have much of a designer brain that understand that don't understand the process. I'm not saying it's their fault. It's just, they're just not exposed to the whole creation process of, of said project or of said, you know, brief or whatever you want to call it. Um, That's where, that's where I think designers are, You know, um, I think that's where they're. I don't know how to say this. That's where, like, all their time and effort going into, you know, learning their craft and everything. And I think that's the biggest point, like, biggest part of being a creative person and most influential part of being a creative person is to come up or be able to convey their idea into a visual or add your creative expertise into like their brief, like you said, you give them like five times more than what they're asking because again, like they don't understand some things that need to happen or should happen or, you know, create a a better composition or, you know, create a better end product. Um, I think that is the greatest asset we have as, as creative people to where we can come up with things out of thin air and just somehow, for some reason, we know, hey, this may, you know, this may work, you know, why not try it, you know, and, and then be able to push it out in like, you know, an hour or 30 minutes and like go off the track for that and still be able to get the project done in a timely manner. Um, I guess that's stating in a perfect world as well. (laughs) Sometimes we don't always get the project done as fast as we want it to. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, being able to have to come up with, with stuff as I think is the greatest, the greatest asset a creative person has, um it's it's just so crazy so did you did you go to school for design or are you completely self-taught or how does how does that hold like what's your where does your background knowledge come from like how did you come up into design uh so
1: i did media studies at school so that that's what got me into like broadcasting and into, into television and then i did an apprenticeship i got an apprenticeship at itv news so that was that was a two-year-long apprenticeship where basically i was in a room with six other designers who were awesome like they were so brilliant so clever um and i just i was just like a really i absorbed everything that i could within that two years i asked questions like for example um i was using cinema 4d at 18 i'm not even using that now like <laughs> i was just learning so much um, I asked one of, the, one of the designers how do you build a 3D Christmas tree don't know why I asked that but then he actually took two hours out of his day to sit next to me and show me how to build it on cinema so it's just people like that in when you're really young that really help you and to build your skills up that's why even if I went freelance I would really miss having a mentor because I feel like that's where you learn the most and being around a team of designers is where I learn anyway Mm -hmm. much more than you know learning on the job Mm -hmm.
0: yeah that's that's just I. that was gonna be my next question um about like how you view mentors and everything and and uh and like how much they've helped you but it it already seems like oh massively yeah it already seems like you've you've had you've had a great experience with with mentors or you know people that you look up to people that you look to for information um and it's good that you said being a sponge as well because I mean, we do realize like the digital world is changing, and the the um what are they called? The trends are changing every single day, if not, if not every single or every single week, if not every single day. Sorry, worded that wrong. Um, but so we really have to be on our toes and recognize, you know, when to go into new ideas and or when to kind of sit back and 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 do, you know, what we know, um, what we know works well. Um, but uh, exactly it, like. Go for it. Go for Sorry, it. go ahead. <laughs>
1: um, in the <laughs> Like, for the Premier League now, this season coming up, we're, we're more digital, so our team's turned digital, which means more social graphics, and that's actually something that I've struggled with. The transition between designing for television and designing for social media, the pace is so different. Like, t- television is more slow, you've got to let them read it. The transitions are a bit slower. Whereas in social... Um, that lasts me to quicken it up by 10 like it's just so fast paced and so create so much more creative um on social and that's something that I've got to learn quick this Mm -hmm. season to uh yeah quicken up my motion graphics
0: I think the big to keep up
1: with what's the trends
0: (laughs) sorry I interrupted you again there um I think I think the big thing is like when it comes to producing for social TV it's like the attention span of the viewer um like what they're looking for what to kind of like because I know on social when I worked in a couple internships, like when we pr- produce like video content or motion content, like we focused on the first like two seconds as like yeah. what's going to grab the viewer, what's going to keep the viewer there and watching. Um, to whereas television, if it's like a commercial, they're watching like a football game, for example, and then they get a commercial in there, but they're going to stay watching the commercial if they are like still sitting on the couch or on a chair or whatever because they want to keep watching the football game. So it's a little bit easier to. Um, granted they can get up, they have the freedom of getting up and going to like the kitchen or grabbing a drink or something, but there's a little bit more freedom to where you don't really need to be as critical about those, those first, like second, first two seconds. Whereas social media, it's just one slight, one swipe of the thumb and they're past your post already. Like, yeah, it may count as an impression, but did they really get the message that you're trying to, trying to, uh, to convey, um, that has me go into another thing. It's awesome that you're going more into digital um, with Premier League because I was recently in a conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about like digital marketing in the digital space and he asked me what like he asked me about what what is my most successful project, um, and I I came up with something to where um so I work with a company called Cards Plug um they're out of I think they're out of London but they produce. Physical FIFA cards, um, for for people. I don't know if you know what FIFA oh, that's cool. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, they produce those. But basically, I'm on their social team that works with their Instagram account and to put out content to kind of like connect with, you know, football news and international, you know, football news and everything. Um, so, I kind of I'll, I'll skip over what the project was, but I love producing digital stuff because you realize right away if the design is doing its job or not. You realize by the interaction you realize by how many you know likes comments shares you know this that and the other thing there's so many different tools that allow you to see if it's doing well or not um i feel like something like a uh like a physical like a physical marketing piece like you can't see directly if that project is paying off or if the time that you put into it is paying off obviously as as the person that created it you got paid so that's some, that's some way of saying, Hey, yes, this project paid off. I produced a good product. I got paid for it. But then if it doesn't really do the job for the client or for the company or for the whole motive of the, you know, the post or the, um, the, the marketing, you know, the marketing aspect, if it doesn't succeed, you know, it's kind of hard to see that with like a billboard or with like a, a poster or with like cards, you know, it's much easier to see that, digitally in my opinion what's what's your opinion? yeah 100 percent.
1: yeah especially with the analytics that are available now like if you're if your instagram is a, a business account you can instantly see how many people have shared it liked it viewed it um, but that's also a dangerous way to think because if you go away from the business as- aspect like making work for a business account personally would you would you accumulate likes on your art to how good it is i don't think i would like I've I've fallen into that trap before where I've put a post up and it's not not got that many likes, but i I think it's better than half the stuff that I've done. So <laughs> it could be a like the the instant validation that social media gives you is very dangerous.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have I have been in that situation as well. But then you it, it's it's always good because like I get that feeling after I create it and then after I like I like, oh I created it it's so well I want to post it right away and then you post it and then you get up and go away and then you come back and you're like, Oh, that, that wasn't really as good as I thought it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, Oh, okay. This, yeah. I see the reason why it's not really getting much of a, much of a praise or much of likes or retweets yeah. or wherever you post it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've totally been there. Probably every designer listening to this has been there as well. Um, so lastly, I'm going to kind of go into, um, I kind of preface this, before we started, before we went live, but, um, last I want to go into how do you keep your motivation, um, towards your creative work and towards, you know, um, especially when you hit like creative block and everything like that, you kind of touched on this a little bit in your intro about your why, um, about like why you do what you do. Just, you basically said, you just love what you do, what you do. Um, but loving what you do is one thing, but then when it comes to creative block or not being able to come up with an idea or just not being motivated to do something, that's a whole new roadblock you kind of got to go through so how do you kind of structure structure um your actions when being exposed to that type of adversity
1: yeah sure i mean it's really intense it's the most intense job i've had at the premier league like you you get burnt out so easily if you're not careful so i think i keep my motivation up by doing other things like i'm an avid gym goer Um, i play soccer football um so half half my time I'm not designing. So when I when I'm when I turn up at my computer, I'm fully into it. So there's a project I'm doing at the moment. It's literally just placing pictures in a layout, that, but I've got to design the layout, and I'm really struggling with it. I've had like Tinker's block for about three days now. Um, so I've gone away, I've come back to my laptop, went to the gym, whatever, and I'm just refreshed, and I've got a whole different attitude towards it because if if I didn't go to the gym and I stayed looking at my computer nothing would come to me and I'd just stress myself out even more so um, I think doing other, having other interests is a major thing for me um, if, as much as I love design there's, there's only so much that you, that I can I can take mentally um, so yeah I think having other interests is, is the biggest thing for me
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was going to kind of piggyback onto that. Um, and when you mentioned like working out, like playing football, you don't have to say soccer. Don't worry. I don't even call it soccer. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I think Americans fucked up when they called it soccer, but they had to have their American football when they run into people and yeah, yeah. pretty much kill themselves. It seems like, cause they take so much head trauma, <laughs> but, uh, anyways, um, my big thing when it comes to like create a block and like getting over that, like getting burnt out. I like how you said that as well. It's like just along with you, like getting up and doing things like get sometimes you just got to get away from your computer. Like we already st- I already stated that, like you post something, you think it's amazing You get up and then you go away and it changes your whole perspective. You're like, oh, that was good maybe 20 minutes ago. But now I see the flaws. You know, I see what I can change. I see what I can do better. Um, And it's just decompressing your mind, like especially like I like taking breaks not only at the end of a project, but like in the middle. And like, even in the start, like after I, after I conceptualize, like you get up, take a little breather, go get a drink of water, take a walk around the block and everything like that. And then you come back and it's like a whole new rush of ideas, rush of energy comes back in. And it's, it's just, it's you, people would be surprised like how much, if they took like two or three breaks per project, they'd be surprised how, especially how many different ideas you come up with, but how quicker you push out that project you know, and, and confidently, yeah, exactly. and confidently rather than guessing at, is my concept good or not? Like, because when you sit at a computer staring at it the whole time, you're like, I'm I'm going to be honest. I have some doubts about conceptual stuff when it, when I'm just sitting there working, like I need to take breaks. I just don't, it just doesn't work for me. If I go straight, like designing for eight hours and then that's it. And then I say, finalize exactly. and move on. but getting up and decompressing is, is the best thing. Honestly, I think reading about, like, reading a book rather, it's, like, not about design, though. I don't like reading books about design when I'm in design mode. Like, just another way of decompressing my mind, letting me think about different things. Um, And it also helps if you're, you know, if you're not eating shit like fast food or if you're not, like like, if you have, if you're drinking water and, you know, those type of things, kind of, you know, health conscious things, but... Um, yeah, yeah, it's do you wear like a blue light glasses by chance?
1: No, I don't. I really need some because <laughs> my
0: eyesight's got so much worse since <laughs> working from home as well. definitely
1: need to sort them out mm-hmm. but um going back to the the process uh, of my work as well to not get burnout, I half my time is spent thinking before the design because if I go straight into it, I get I get stressed out, so. I think walking around, working. out. I, I think about designing the gym. Like I know I shouldn't, but that's where my creative juices are flowing. Like I'm in a happy mood. That's where I can structure my thinking. I, okay, this is what I'm going to do when I get home. So yeah, I always I, I spend a lot more time thinking than doing. Like I think there's a Scandinavian country recently that have trialed the four day working week, and it's it's boosted their country's productivity by about eighty percent. Really? So I do think compressing your time specifically to like if I like, two hours in the morning to specifically do this job and then by 11 o'clock I've got to do something else that will force you then to really put all the effort in for those two hours
0: mm-hmm.
1: so you can move on and do something else.
0: Mm-hmm. So I know the motivation thing was going to be my last point, but this has got me thinking about something. Do you have like a notebook or like a daily journal that you write down like what you need to do or like I call it like a, or I've, I've heard a mentor. My mentor is a glorified term in this, but I like read his books, um, listen to his podcasts, and everything. Uh, but he calls it a power list. Um, but I just call it like my task list, basically. Like, do you have something like that that keeps you on track, or like a daily schedule?
1: Yeah, I, I just rip a piece of paper out my notebook and write everything I have to do that day, even the small things, because I think. Ticking something off a list just gives you that bit of accomplishment in the day, and it really helps you push. It really pushes you throughout the day as well. So yeah, that's a big thing for me. Writing notes,
0: mm-hmm. like even
1: in my phone notes, it's just full of lists. Um, like even shopping lists. Uh, my, my gym structure's in a list. Like everything's. I'm just list girl. I'm just mm-hmm. <laughs> list, list, list every day. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got I got this right here. Like all this is from like when I started doing it, and then I still got like half the notebook left, but. Every day I write out, like, 8 to 10 tasks that I have to get done. And ever since I did that, it's just, like, it's a game changer. Like, taking advantage of, like, you don't realize, like, people don't realize how much time they actually have in a day until you write out what you have to get done. And then when you get it done, you're like, damn, it's like, it's like noon already. I started at 8 a.m. I have everything done already. Like, look how much time is left in the day. Like, obviously, if people have the freedom to do that and then get up and that will be their work day, they would. But um like realizing how much time you actually have in a day and how streamlined it can be as well when you write out like what you have to get done and schedule your day out like um it's it's insane and you'll also realize how much time you use towards like nonsense stuff like going on your phone, like I'm a victim of this. Like, so I get lost in TikTok every once in a while for like 20, 30 minutes for no reason. And then all of a sudden I know it's like, I realize like, oh damn, I got to leave in like five minutes for something. And I was supposed to get this project done and now I can't (laughs) because I was just engulfed. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's, it it really is like, that was probably the biggest, like, I guess um, either glow up or like mind shift for myself is like realizing how much time I actually had and how much time I could utilize to get the things done. Like it almost diminished like my project time by like half just because I've just been so, been able to be so streamlined towards the task and, um, and focus, focus always helps as well. But, um, but yeah, just laying everything out has helped me so much.
1: Yeah. I've, I've, I've tried to come off Instagram and Twitter a bit recently. <laughs> um, and I felt so much better about myself. Like, I think it's, yeah, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for my career, I'd, I think I'd come off social media. I really would. Really? Yeah, it's not good for your mental health, in my opinion. But
0: um, but yeah,
1: that's another topic, isn't it? <laughs> you,
0: you know what I say about that? I say it depends who you follow and what you you know what the content is on the social media. Because you do have the freedom to follow yeah, what you want, right? So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I personally think I follow all good things, but especially on twitter i feel like there's a lot of politics on there now and like when when the when england were in the final and you went on twitter the next day it was just full of people sharing the racist abuse and
0: oh yeah i saw that
1: it's before. just completely negative and it, i don't you, you don't want to be you know you, you don't want to see that stuff every day it just it, it grinds you down after mm-hmm. a while yeah.
0: i mean 100 percent. yeah i get that um the biggest the biggest like person in like i guess in my family or like at least a couple people are like my my like parents or like my older uncles and aunts that really don't understand like how to curate social media or like how to follow or unfollow things that you don't want to see um or like curate the settings like they get so mad over oh my gosh like this person said this like and i'm like why are you even getting mad like why do you even like how how if, if you get so mad about it like delete it or like block them so you don't see it ever and they're like i don't really know how to do that (laughs) it's just like like yeah (laughs) being on social media is one thing like using social media to connect with old friends or like see information is one thing but i feel like especially with something as as important as your mental health like i feel like realizing how to utilize social media the right way is something that people need to be informed and educated on um yeah yeah But, yeah, like you said, that's...
1: They should teach it in schools.
0: They really should. I really really think they should. Because, like, in school, like, you're, like, neglected. I mean, obviously, after school, you can go on it. But, like, you're neglected just simple, like, social media exposure while you're in school. And I feel like they have to adopt social media as, like, a way of communicating. Like, it's not all face-to-face now. Like... Friends, for this instance, like we're face to face, but digitally. Like I never would have reached out to you if we, there wasn't for social media. Like we never would have met as, a, as a, as a, as people. Like I never would have met probably half half my friends or half the people I talk to on a daily basis if there wasn't for social media. So like, people, okay? especially like I it, feel like there's yes. just a bad like connotation with social media mostly because people just see negative shit on it all the time. Like, I don't know.
1: yeah in in that in that instance like for clients and stuff it's an amazing tool but you know people editing their photos to make themselves look better and stuff like that i'm not about that (laughs) that's
0: true that's true yeah Yeah. all right well i I guess we could we could stop going on a tangent about that (laughs) because it, it truly is it truly is you you said it perfectly it truly is a topic for another day um yeah but yeah i guess there's the spiel on on social media but um I did want to keep this a little on the shorter side. I didn't want to really keep you for a super long time. It's been about, I guess, live time, like us talking, been about 30 minutes. Um, so I, I feel like we got a lot of content out. Um, you displayed a lot of information and, like, workflow information about working with, you know, the clients. or the, and I guess not clients. You're employed by them. Um, the people you're employed by, um, for instance, Premier League, ESPN, you know, those people like that. You supplied a lot of valuable information for the people, um, people listening that – especially for me that really haven't worked with higher profile clients yet or higher profile companies yet. Um, so that was awesome. I really appreciate it. I'm very grateful um, for you to share that, that information. Um, your socials, Holly's socials, will be all in the description. Um, you do see on the overlay right now her Twitter. I know everything, like I saw your Behance's on your Twitter, your Instagram's on your Twitter, right? Is there anything I'm missing that was on your Twitter? Uh,
1: no, I think that's it, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, so yeah, everything you guys will need to get in contact with Holly or follow Holly will be in the description of this. If you're watching this on Twitch, um, her Twitter's right there, Um, and as well as if you are listening to this on Spotify, um, everything will be down in the description. But Holly, again, I thank you immensely for coming out today for episode one. Um, This was awesome. I know that people got a lot of value from this. Um, And yeah, so again, thank you guys for coming to episode one. Again, new type of way of conveying this this podcast we did have some technical difficulties before we started this it took a little bit longer than i than i was expecting but it 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 looks it looks great now so um that's all that matters but yeah again thank you guys for coming out and we will see you guys um, next time in episode two take it easy